Well, hello again, and once again, welcome to Vaughn Forest Church. Like I said earlier, my name is Chad. I am one of the pastors on staff here at Vaughn Forest, and I am so excited to get to be here with you today. I uh, hope everyone had a wonderful 4th of July this past week. Hopefully you got a little bit of downtime, got to kind of maybe hang out with some family or friends, got to see some fireworks. Uh, that's what my family did. It was, a, it was a great holiday. And I want to say welcome again to all of our new families that are joining us here at Vaughn Forest Church, uh, maybe for the first or second time. I know that this time of year is when a lot of our new military families kind of start relocating uh, to the Montgomery and Pike Road area, and uh, we're just so excited that you have joined us today. And I want you to hear my heart on this. Our goal here at Vaughn Forest Church, uh, as your family moves to this area, is to serve your family and to love on your family. Whether you're here for days or weeks or months or years, whatever that length of time may be, we're here to serve and love on your family. We want to be a place where you can find relationships, where you can get connected and find community. And this idea of community is one that we're going to be talking a lot about today. As a matter of fact, the title of our message for today is God's Gift of Community. And community and being connected and relationships are something that we talk about a lot here at Vaughn Forest Church. If you're around here for any length of time, you hear us talk about this idea that relationships matter, that relationships are important first with God, but also with others. We talk about this a lot. It's one of our core values, that life is better connected. And so as we say this over and over again, sometimes we might lose sight of the why. And so we ask ourselves the question, why is community so important? If it's such one of our core values and something that we harp on around here a lot, we ask ourselves the question, why is community so important? And so we've got a lot of ground to cover today, so we're going to be kind of jumping right into it, talking about this idea of why is community so important. And so what we're going to do is take a look at what God's Word has to say. We're going to kind of look at what Scripture says about this idea of connection, relationships, community, and then we're going to have some real practical ways uh, that we have coming up for you to get connected whether you're new to Vaughn Forest Church or whether you've been here for years and years. And then at the end of our time together today, we're going to have the opportunity to experience some unique community together as we take communion together as a church. So I'm really excited for this today. And if you have your notes, go ahead, pull those notes out, because like I said, we're going to be jumping right into it. If you're joining us online, you can find those notes on our website, vaughnforest.com, or in our Vaughn Forest Church app. So the question of why is community so important? Well, I've got four reasons for you. The first reason community is so important is because God created us for relationships. God created us for relationships. One of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why God created us was to be in relationships. Again, first with God, but also with others. And as you look all throughout Scripture, you see this common thread kind of woven uh, throughout all of Scripture, the Old Testament and the New, that we were created to be in relationships. All the way back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, we see that God creates the world, He creates man, He says it's not good for man to be alone, so he creates a companion for man. He gives Eve to Adam, and he says that it is good to be in a relationship. Fast forward a little bit in the Old Testament to the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, most of this book was written by King Solomon, one of the wisest men to ever walk the face of the planet, and he gives us some very practical advice when it comes to being in relationships, and this is a very famous verse from chapter 4 of Ecclesiastes. He says this, that 
Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And that's a very famous verse that you've probably heard before, but the wisdom in it is so profound. Because it's a great reminder for us that we were not meant to do this life alone. God created us to be in community with one another. Fast forward to when Jesus was walking this earth. When God incarnate dwelt among us, what do we see? We see Jesus being in relationships with others. Almost everywhere that he went, he had the disciples with him. He had crowds with him. During his three years of public ministry, he spent time with people, often going to their houses to eat meals. When he sent the disciples out, he sent them out in pairs. He said it's not good for them to go out by themselves. He sent them out in pairs. One of the first miracles, the first miracle we see of Jesus, Jesus turning water into wine, he is at a wedding feast. Jesus is at a party. It is good to spend time with other folks. Fast forward to the start of the church. The church never started small. The church started and has been big since its inception. And in Acts chapter 2, we read this, that every day they, the new church, continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's leave this up here for just a moment. It says every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. So automatically from the start of the church, we see that the folks who were in the church of Jesus, they were spending time together, they were in community, they were building relationships. And that was something that was so appealing and this Jesus was so attractive that it says that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So why is community so important? Well, the first reason is because we were created for it. God designed us to be in relationships with one another. The second reason I would tell you that community is so important is this, that so many of us are lonely, but God's plan for that pain is his people. So many of us are lonely, but God's plan for that pain is his people. And this is kind of a, a truth today that I want you guys to hear me say, lean in, that it is incredibly difficult to make and keep authentic friendships these days. For so many of us, it is incredibly difficult as adults, as older folks, to make and keep authentic friendships. I miss the days of back on the playground, right, where it was like I walked out in the playground, I had a toy truck, I saw someone else with a toy truck, and I was like, toy truck, and he was like, toy truck, and we were best friends from then on, right? Like, that's how easy it used to be back when we were kids. It was so easy to make friends, but as we get older, it becomes increasingly difficult to make and keep those authentic relationships. And it's so ironic in a day and age where we seem like we are more connected than ever, that it is easier to get in touch with folks than ever before due to the internet or email or texting, phone calls, Zoom, whatever you may call it. We are more connected to the grid than ever before. It seems like it is harder than ever before to make and keep those authentic relationships. Literally, we live in a world where I could pick up the phone and in almost no time be in touch with someone at any point on the globe, and yet it is harder and harder and harder these days 
to make those relationships and to keep those authentic friendships. And this isn't just something that we kind of feel in our hearts. And certainly the COVID season that we've come out of kind of helped push a lot of us towards isolation. But I went online this week to kind of try to find some studies that have been done, read some articles that have been published, and I found a few quotes that were were very interesting and honestly a little bit disturbing. So a recent survey, uh, a study by the Survey Center on American Life says this, that the COVID-19 pandemic is the most obvious culprit in the national friendship decline, but broader structural forces may be playing a more important role. So certainly COVID has contributed to this, but there may be other forces at work here as well. First, Americans are marrying later than ever and are more geographically mobile than in the past. So we're moving around two trends that are strongly associated with increasing rates of self-reported social isolation and feelings of loneliness. Second, American parents are spending twice as much time with their children compared to previous generations, crowding out other types of relationships, including friendships. So whether that's helicopter parenting or maybe just keeping your kids close because you're worried, who knows what that is. But oftentimes parents, in an effort to watch out for our kids, we're actually crowding out their ability to make friendships with other folks around their same age. And then finally, Americans are working longer hours and traveling more for work, which may come at the cost of maintaining and developing friendships. So working longer hours, traveling more for work, it makes us more mobile, it's harder for us to make those connections. An NPR article I read said this, that more than three in five Americans report being chronically lonely, and that number is on the rise. More than three in five Americans report, report being chronically lonely. And then finally, an article in Forbes says this, that scientists now warn that loneliness is worse for our health than obesity, smoking, lack of access to health care, and lack of physical activity. So not only does this loneliness that we feel have a negative impact on our mental and emotional health, it can even have a negative impact on our physical health. And when we talk about this idea of being lonely, I don't want you guys to stereotype this in your mind. Because when we talk about someone who's lonely, you probably think about somebody sitting by themselves in a dark house, no friends, no relationships, watching TV, and just living kind of a miserable existence. But what I want you to understand is you can be married and be lonely. You can have children and be lonely. You can be in a room full of people and experience loneliness. And whether it is a pattern or just something that occasionally happens, we all have that capability. And according to these studies, this loneliness is on the rise. So why is community so important? It's because so many of us are experiencing loneliness. If it's not you, then I bet you know someone who is. But God's plan for that pain is his people. God has designed us to be in relationships. God has given us one another to help with that pain. The third reason why community is so important, we grow in our faith best in biblical community. We grow in our faith best in biblical community. See, in our relationship with Jesus... There are three different components, okay? So there's three different components to our relationship with Jesus. And I didn't put this in your notes, but you may want to write this down. The first component to our relationship with Jesus is that personal one-on-one component, 
Okay? That is that personal one-on-one component. That is when you're in your quiet time, uh, when you are praying, it's just you and God. Maybe you're driving around in your car listening to worship music, singing at the top of your lungs, hoping the person in the car next to you doesn't notice. That is that one-on-one component. That is when you and God are spending time together. So that's the first component. So there's a personal component. The second is a large corporate component. There is a large corporate component to your relationship with Jesus. And what is that? That's what we're doing right now. That's church. That's all of us coming together, together, together. We sing, we worship, we hear from God's word. And so we come together in this large corporate setting. And it's fantastic. Scripture says, do not forsake the gathering of believers. So this is a good thing that you're doing. So there's a personal component, there's a large corporate component, and then there is a communal component. That is that third component. It's a communal component. When we talk about biblical community and growing in our faith best in this, that communal component is what we are talking about. That is small groups. That is accountability groups. These are groups of folks, say anywhere, I mean, it can be four or five up to about, what, 16 to 20, group of small folks that you meet with on a regular basis that are encouraging you, that are praying for you, that are helping point you to Jesus. These are what I call the third quadrant folks. And what do I mean by that? In all of our lives, there is a quadrant with four boxes. And there are things about our lives that fit into these boxes. The first box are the things that only God and I know. That's the first quadrant. There are things about your life that you have managed to keep hidden from everybody that nobody else knows that only you and God know about. Why does God know? Because God knows everything. So that's quadrant one. Quadrant two, there are the things that everyone knows. This is you, this is everyone else, this is God. Everyone sees this about your life. And this can be something as simple as what kind of car do you drive? There's nothing hidden in this quadrant. Everybody knows it, everybody sees it. The third quadrant are the things that God and everyone else knows. These are the things that everyone around you knows, but these are the things you cannot see about your life. And then that fourth quadrant are the things that only God knows. There are certain things about your life that you don't know, other folks don't know, only God knows those things. And in our lives, we need these third quadrant folks. These are the folks who see things in our lives that we trust more than ourselves that can come to us and say, hey, I see you doing this thing. You may not know the impact that's having, but you need to hear this. Or, hey, I see you having this behavior, and that's not honoring to God. You need these third quadrant folks in your life. And if you don't have those folks in your life, you are living a life that is unexamined, and that is a dangerous thing. And it is in this biblical community, it is in that communal component to our relationship with Jesus that we have those third quadrant folks. And as a matter of fact, Scripture tells us that if we don't have that component in our life, our soul actually suffers. Check out what it says in 1 John. It says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If we love one another... God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And I think if all of us were to come up here on stage today and be honest, and we're not going to do that, but everyone who's in the room watching online, if we were to come up here on stage today, I think all of us would admit that this is something that we can get better at. Life is busy. Life is tough. There is a lot that is going on in our lives, right? 
So this is probably something that all of us could get better at. So if you feel like I'm talking to you when I talk about the importance of being in community and you feel like, man, I don't, I don't really feel like I have that in my life the way that I should, understand that you are not alone. But also understand this, being a part of biblical community is your responsibility. It's not anyone else's responsibility. It is your responsibility to be in biblical community with others. And just like other spiritual disciplines, this is something that can take a little bit of work. It can take a little bit of time. It can take a little bit of effort. And here at Vaughn Forest Church, we work hard. Our team works so hard and does a fantastic job of trying to provide as many opportunities for you to connect and be involved in that biblical community as possible. And one of the most important ways that we do that here at Vaughn Forest Church is through life groups. And if you don't know what a life group is, a life group, very simply, it's a group, again, of about 8 to 16 to 20 individuals that meet on a regular basis, and uh, they're in that third quadrant. They're talking about life. They're praying for one another. It is a fantastic opportunity, and we have all kinds of groups that meet here at Vaughn Forest Church. No matter what stage of life you are in, there is a group for you. We have groups for married couples. We have groups for singles. We have groups for men, for women. We have groups on parenting. We have groups on finance. We have groups that exercise together. We have groups that meet on Sunday morning. We have groups that meet during the week. We have groups that meet on campus, groups that meet off campus. So no matter where you are in your life, there is an opportunity for you to get involved in a group. And I know what you're thinking, you're saying, Chad, you're up there, your job is to sell this idea of being in a life group, and I hear you, but I want you to hear from some of you. We recently had uh, two couples come up here and talk about their experience being in a life group, and what's really cool is both of these couples actually are in the military. Uh, one of them is still here. One of them has actually already left and gone on to their next station, so I want you guys to hear from the Leanmans and the Maynards as they talk about their experience being in a life group and getting connected here at Vaughn Forest Church. Please turn your attention to the screens. We're Jamie and Katie Leanman. We've been in Montgomery for about two years now, and we're getting ready to leave actually tomorrow. We have three kids. Noah is 11, Molly is seven, and Sophia is three. And we got plugged in at Von Forest pretty much right away, immediately after moving here two years ago, and have been engaged ever since. Well, I'm Alfred Maynard. This is my lovely wife, Mary, and we're a military couple here at Von Forest. I'm in the U.S. Space Force, and I've been here for a little more than a year now. Um, I was able to attend Air Command and Staff College, however, back in 2015 to 2016. So this is our second go around at Bond Forest Church. So a lot of times when you get to a church, it can feel overwhelming. You're in a new city and sometimes you just need friends and you need tips for local restaurants. Or I know I always bug chat about where to go, but you just need help sometimes. You don't know the resources in town or the best places to go. And so as the quicker we found that the quicker you can get plugged in, to a group or to serving in some way that the sooner you're gonna make those connections that you need and you have that person to call when a kid's sick or you need something in the middle of the night. Without getting plugged into a church, it's gonna take a lot longer to find those connections in a new town, especially if you're only here for 10 months or 12 months, you gotta get those quickly or else half your time here is gonna be alone. I've thought to myself before, nobody's gonna to wanna to befriend me because they know I'm leaving, but at least here, they're used to it and they know and they'll love you anyway for 10 months like you are here forever. It's so difficult as military to be able to figure out, you know, where we're going to find some folks like us that we can continue the education for our kids to for us to be able to understand how we're going to fit in and continue the 
the hobbies and the things that we want to do. So to be able to find a life group for some like-minded people that are kind of going through the same thing, that understand our struggles and they're willing to go out on a limb and to make friends for a year or two and to have those connections, that's important for us. We did one group where it was couples and some had kids, some didn't, some were older and they weren't at the group, but just having kids for the kids to play with while we talked with other couples and we could share stuff and pray together and things like that was just an encouragement. And then we did another group that was kind of more military focused, but because we were so involved in serving, it's, it's sometimes hard, but we found different times in different groups. Some met during weeknights and others met Sunday morning. So we were able to balance that with our volunteer scheduling as well. I found um, a ladies, a life group where we can just bond and also just study God's word. And that way I'm continually to grow in my relationship with Christ. Um, so I'm continually feeding that and moving in that a better direction there just by making more progress and getting friends along the way, which is great. The quicker that you get plugged in, the quicker that you'll be able to leverage your, your time and talents to be able to do something that matters as well as to make friends that will last a lifetime. I'm so grateful for the Leanmans and the Maynards coming up here to share with us a little bit about their experience in finding community in life groups. And as they said, getting connected is so important. It is so crucial to our walk with the Lord. And so, like I said, we try to provide a lot of opportunities. And, and if you guys will stick with me, I want to take just a couple of minutes to tell you some of the very practical ways and opportunities that we have coming up here at Vaughn Forest Church for you to get connected to others. And you can find a list of all of these on our website, vaughnforest.com slash events. So if you're looking for any information on any of these, you can always go online and check that out there. And I think there's actually a flyer in your bulletin today that has all of these listed. We want you to take that home, put it up on your refrigerator uh, so you can kind of know what is coming up next. And on your connection card today, on the back, almost all of these events that we have coming up, there is a corresponding next step where if you would like some information on any of these, you can check that box, drop it off in that bin as you exit today, and we will follow up with you on that this week. So let's go. The first one I want to tell you about is actually coming up this Wednesday, July 12th at 9.30 a.m., we have a kids and parents movie morning. This is simply an opportunity. I know, again, a lot of folks are moving to the Montgomery and Pike Road area right now. Put the boxes down for a few minutes. Come on up here to the church. Bring the kids. I think they're going to be watching Trolls, if I'm not mistaken. It's going to be in the East Auditorium. We're going to have popcorn. We're going to have water for you. And just come up. And you may be like, Chad, that's going to be chaos. And you know what? You're exactly right. It's probably going to be chaos. But the kids are going to run around. They're going to have a great time together. And this is an opportunity for parents to come up, get to know one another, and simply start to make those connections. The second thing I want to tell you about is if you are a new military family coming here to Vaughn Forest Church, we have a short-term, eight-week life group starting called Military Connect, and it begins next Sunday, July 16th at 9.30 a.m. in the East Auditorium. And what this is, is it is simply designed for all the folks who are new to the Montgomery and Pike Road area, new to Vaughn Forest Church, to come in and get connected to one another. We know that our group semester for the fall has not kicked back off yet, and we want to have a place for you to land and get connected and find a place for your family to start to build those relationships. Uh, Hardy Sellers, one of our pastors on staff, former military guy, 
guy. He's going to be leading our military connect group, and I know that you are going to love it. So if you are military, make sure that you come and check that out. We'll have some of our folks from Vaughn Forest Church here as a part of that as well, so you can get to know them. But again, that kicks off next Sunday, July 16th at 9.30 a.m. in the East Auditorium. The next thing I would remind you about is Discover Vaughn Forest. We spoke about this earlier during our welcome time. Very simply, Discover Vaughn Forest is folks who are new to Vaughn Forest Church and would like to know a little bit more about it. This is not a membership class. This is simply a, hey, come and get to know us kind of thing. And if you're interested in being a part of that, we would love to have you come. Whether you're new to Montgomery and Pike Road or just new to Vaughn Forest Church, Discover Vaughn Forest is for you. The next thing I want to tell you about, something I'm super pumped about, is our kids' camp and parent experience. If you've been around Vaughn Forest for a little while, you've experienced our kids' camp and parent experience before. And what this is, is a super fun time for kids and parents alike. So Sunday, July 23rd, and Monday, July 24th. So that Sunday night, the kids are going to come up here. They are going to have a big group time with high-energy music and worship. Uh, There's going to be some teaching that happens. We're going to feed them dinner. There's going to be rec. There's going to be crafts. It is an amazingly fun time that your kids are not going to want to miss. And if you are new to Montgomery and Pike Road and Vaughn Forest, then you as an adult are invited to our parent experience. So while the kids, babies through middle school, are attending our kids camp, if you are new to Vaughn Forest Church or new to our area, you are invited to our parent experience. And what that is, it's a really fun time. It's hosted by myself and my wife. And uh, you have a real nice dinner. Last year, I think we catered Chipotle. So it's like a step up from pizza, right? Uh, We get together. We play some games. There's great trivia with awesome prizes. There is uh, an opportunity to learn about the new area that you are moving to, some places to take your family and for them to experience some really neat stuff in the river region. There's a calendar of events, so you kind of know about different things that are coming up throughout the year. And it's just an opportunity for us to get to know one one another better and to, again, help us connect better. And what was really cool is I remember last year during the trivia there was this one table that was sitting up front and they were the fun table, you know, the fun table trivia, like they actually would talk back to me and interact. It was awesome. And uh, that table actually began a life group that night and they met the entire year that they were here uh, in Montgomery. And it was awesome. And they connected with each other. And so that's what we're just trying to do is provide opportunities for you to connect. That Monday night of the kids' camp and parent experience, that's our family party. That takes place out front. There are water inflatables. Uh, there are food trucks. Nancy's Italian Ice is going to be there. And again, just an opportunity for us to get to know one another better. Next, I would tell you, we've got Love Week coming up August 1st through 8th. And what Love Week is, is it is simply an opportunity for us to exercise one of our other core values, which is serving our community with no strings attached. We love getting to serve our community. We feel like God has called us to that, and we love getting to do that. So how do we do that during Love Week? We do things like we go to some of the different schools here in the East Montgomery and Pike Road area, and we do flower beds, we paint, we clean up, we fix things, we move furniture. Uh, We partner with one of our partner ministries, Beauty by Fire, and uh, that works with widows here in the River Region, and we go to their houses and do yard work or whatever else it is that needs to be done. Uh, We make breakfast casseroles and deliver those to some of the teachers as they're kind of getting ready to come back to school. Some folks write notes of encouragement to some of the different teachers in this area. So no matter what your skill level is, there is an opportunity for you to serve at Love Week and to get involved with Love Week and serving our community with no strings attached. And one of the things that I have found 
is when you serve with someone, it helps you build that relationship. When you serve alongside someone, it helps you build that relationship. And kind of a, a funny example of that from my life, I remember years ago, we were cooking breakfast for a couple of high school football teams uh, that were playing each other that Friday night. And so a bunch of guys came up here that morning and we were cooking breakfast. And my job that I got assigned was scrambled eggs. I was to cook the scrambled eggs. And there was another older gentleman uh, in our church that was also cooking eggs next to me. And these were four high school football players. They can down some food, y'all. And so for about an hour and a half, we slung scrambled eggs and cooked them and kept them coming. And at the end of it, I looked at that older gentleman. And I said, hey, I really enjoyed getting to know you. He said, well, Chad, now we've bonded. And I thought, we bonded over scrambled eggs. That's awesome. I'm a fan of that. So when you serve alongside someone, it gives you an opportunity to get to know that person and to build that relationship. And then finally, I would let you guys know about our Life Groups Fall Semester that's coming up. Our group sign-up will begin August 13th. That's when we'll have a table out here in the lobby. There'll be booklets that we're going to hand out that list all of our different groups that are coming up here in the fall. And then our groups will begin the week of September 10th. So again, there is a flyer in your bulletin. Mark any of these next steps on your connection card and also vaughnforrest.com slash events for any more information. And you may say, Chad, why are y'all doing all this? What's the purpose behind all this, all of the fun? Well, simply this. Again, we grow best in our faith in biblical community. And it is so important for us to have that communal component where we can connect with one another, not just so that we can grow in our faith, but also for when the storms of life come, we have those that we can lean on that can support us through that time. Remember, God's plan for the pain is his people. And God has given us one another to be in relationship with one another in a very unique way to love and support one another. And that is our final point. Why is community so important? It's this, because biblical community is a unique gift to Christ followers. Biblical community is a unique gift to Christ followers. And I think for some of us sometimes, if we're being honest, it can feel like coming to church or going to groups or meeting up with an accountability group or whatever it may be, sometimes that can seem kind of like an overbearing obligation because life's busy. Life's tough, right? But it's so important for us to remember that biblical community is a gift. And I get it. I know how hard it was for some of you to get here today. I know what it's like on a Sunday morning. You're trying to get the kids out of bed and get them fed and get them dressed. You're trying to get everyone in the car. You're trying to get to church on time. It can be so difficult. I hear you. My wife and I, we have a group that meets in our home on Thursday nights at 6.30. And I will tell you that from 5 o'clock to 6.30 p.m., when I get home from work to that group starting, oftentimes is one of the most hectic times of my week. The dogs have torn up stuff. The kids want to misbehave. The house is a wreck. What are we going to do? And so many times I want to call up the folks or text everyone and go, hey guys, we just can't do this tonight. We've got too much stuff going on. Life's just too busy. But I know that when those folks begin to show up, when we sit down and eat together, when we start to talk to one another, when we dive into God's word together, when we pray for one another, by the time that small group time has ended, it has been one of the most soul-refreshing times that I will have in that entire week. Why? Because God has given us a biblical community as a unique gift. When we gather together, when we encourage one another, it is one of the most soul-refreshing times that we have. And there is something special that happens 
when God's people gather together. And Jesus even told us, he said, that our love for one another was unique and one of a kind. Check out what Jesus says in the book of John. He says this in chapter 13. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Literally, that our love for one another would be so unique that everyone who saw it would know that we are the disciples of Jesus. And we see this unique biblical community once again exhibited at the start of the church in Acts chapter 2. Luke writes this. He says, Those who believed what Peter said, Peter had just gotten done preaching, were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So be encouraged because God has given us an incredible gift of biblical community. God has given us an incredible gift of one another. And there is something so powerful that happens when God's people gather together. And today we're going to experience that a little bit as we take communion together or what the scripture calls the Lord's Supper. We're going to have an opportunity to do that together today and experience that biblical community. So Matt's going to come here in just a moment. He's going to, he's going to play and sing for us and lead us in worship as we do this. But before we come forward to take communion, I want to unpack for you just a moment what communion is. See, communion is one of two ordinances in scripture. The other one is baptism. An ordinance is something that Jesus told us to do. And communion began at the Last Supper. This is the night that Jesus was betrayed. He is gathered in the upper room with the apostles, and they're sharing a meal, and they're sharing the Passover meal. And if you don't know what Passover is, in the Old Testament, when God was bringing the nation of Israel out of Egypt, he literally had to send plagues in order to change Pharaoh's heart to let them go. And the last plague was the death of the firstborn. And what God told the Israelites, the Hebrews, that he said, listen, he said, I am sending this angel of death. He's going to kill the firstborn in every household in Egypt. He said, what you are to do to show that you are my people is you are to take a pure, spotless lamb, slaughter that lamb, and you are to wipe the blood of that lamb over the doorpost of your house. And when that happens, that angel of death will pass over. It was literally a passing over of that house. And for thousands of years, the Israelites celebrated Passover. They remembered what had been done. And these men had celebrated Passover their entire lives growing up. And what's interesting is what Jesus is doing as he celebrates with them. He is changing for them what the meaning of Passover is. He says, in the past, you looked to this actual lamb to atone for sin. And he is saying that for all time, I am the perfect sacrificial lamb who will atone for your sin. So he is changing for them the meaning of what Passover means. And he gives them this communion. He takes the bread, he takes the cup, and he explains to them what it represents, his body and his blood. And so for us today, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have accepted Christ into your life, forgiven of your sin, then this communion is for you. And in just a moment, I'm gonna invite everyone to come forward and to take the bread and to take the cup and take it back to your seat. We're not gonna take it just yet. We're all gonna take it together after a time of worship. But if you are a follower of Jesus, I would invite you to reflect on God's love. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And we remember his life. We remember his love for us. We remember his sacrifice for us. And we remember that he rose victorious over 
death. If you're not a follower of Jesus, but you want to make that decision to follow Jesus for the first time and come forward and take communion, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And you're going to have an opportunity to ask Jesus into your heart. We'll do that in just a moment. And man, that is awesome. And we hope that if you do that today, you'll let us know on that connection card. And then you'll have an opportunity to come forward and take communion for the first time. But I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to invite everyone to come forward as Matt leads us in worship to take communion. So Father, I do thank you for today. God, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this community that you have given us. We thank you for this gift of community. And God, we thank you for the gift of communion, that we could come together as your children, Father God, and do this in remembrance of you. And Father, if there's anyone in this room or watching online that doesn't know that you are the Lord of their life and they would like to make that decision, God, I just pray that they would just repeat this prayer after me, whether out loud or softly to themselves, that they would just say, Dear Jesus, please forgive me in my sins. I know I've done things wrong. Thank you for dying for me. I want to spend eternity with you. And I want you to be Lord of my life. And so, Father, for the rest of us this morning, God, we thank you for those who made that decision. But for the rest of us this morning, as we come forward, Father, as we take communion, God, I pray that you would search our hearts, Father, that we would reflect, that we would remember your great love for us and all that you have done for us. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So we invite you as Matt starts to sing here in just a moment to come forward. If you're the first one to one of these tables, we have two here, three in the middle and two in the back. If you're the first one there, go ahead and take the lid off. Take the bread and the cup. Don't take it yet. Take it back to your seat and I'll come back out in just a moment and lead us in a time of taking communion. So at this time, y'all come forward.